Greetings, film fans. Welcome to episode 12 of The Big Review Ski, the film show from Joe and Her that takes absolutely no shame in crowbarring unnecessary film references into terrible segues week after week after week. Speaking of terrible segues, I'm your host, Owen Doherty, and seeing as it is episode 12 this week, you'll take that, that's fine. I'm delighted to be joined by two friends who put the dirty into Dirty Dozen, the angry into 12 Angry Men, and the cheaper into Cheaper by the Dozen. It's Rory Cashin and Paul Moore. Oh, because it's episode 12. Because it's episode 12. Yeah. Dozen, you were, you, yeah. Was, so which one of us is angry, which one of us is cheap, and it's which one of us is you. dirty? They don't come much cheaper than either of you, really. How are you both? It's uh, right. yeah. It's nice to meet you too. Yeah, first time I see you this week. Insult off the bat. Well, you see, I knew this is this is the angry bit coming out of out of both Shut of you. Shut up, so Expect the cheaper and dirty bit later on. Uh, and good news this week, we have no news in our sad news segment. So that is good news. Well, uh, <laughs> oh no. Do yes. You, do you have sad news? No, but I, I you know what. You'll know when it comes. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, then. We've got that to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. On a sadder note, though, we have no news in our good news segment, so that's, that is kind of sad. Well, we, I, well, we do have oh, great we've films got good to talk news about. Well. We've okay. got good films to yeah. talk about. Okay, fair enough. And have uh, to talk to about them. This is true. Uh, we're also relying on the listeners, uh, the lovely, lovely listeners, to cheer us up as well. You can get in touch by tweeting us on Twitter at Big Review Ski, and you can WhatsApp us on 087-400-1103. Now, I thought it was be hard to top our Spielberg spectacular from last week but as you said coming up in the show today we have not one but two amazing Hollywood stars we've got mm-hmm. uh, the wonderful Brian Cranston who's here to chat about Isle of Dogs where you had a chance to chat to him and we also have the wonderfully big John Cena um, who's here to talk <laughs> wonderfully about, big wonderfully big uh, who had the pleasure to chat to her daddy's Denise Curtin so we'll be hearing from both of them later on plus we'll have high clues reviews of new releases and we need someone to win the best prize that we've ever given away it is a VIP trip for two film fans to Italy with thanks to Warner Brothers and Ready Player One okay I need you both to be honest how many times have you both entered that competition uh, I haven't, but a friend of mine, Co- okay. Corey Ration. Corey Ration. Okay, has, Rory Cashin, yeah. And uh, Mal Poor. Mal Poor. I, I, no, I love that girl. <laughs> I went Italian, Paolo Murticelli, so I think oh, it's, I think it's okay. okay. Less, R- less. R- Rory Macashin. <laughs> okay, I'm writing down all of these names. And they're all barred from entering. Uh, all you have to do is head over to Joe for full details on how to be in with a chance of winning that seriously amazing prize. It's like all expenses, like I uh, keep thinking flights. you're going to... You're going to tell us <laughs> it's, it's an April Fool's joke. It's not real. Oh, God, was it an April Fool's? I don't think so. No. Um, it's four nights accommodation. You get your flights taken care of. Uh, VIP passes into an amazing uh, comics and gaming festival. Uh, very Italian place. passes. Very, very. That's, <laughs> that's what VIP stands and, for. And very not jealous at all of that crowd. <laughs> that, those are different letters, but okay. Um, but if you head over to uh, last week's show, this is just as a clue, you'll have the answer to the question. Uh, it, it kind of appears in the first 10 15 minutes of last week's show but now it's time for this week's big question on the big review ski that sounds like we've got like a big theme tune for it but we don't, we it's, don't. Just, it's, it's just a gap it's the big question on the big review ski is it big yeah it's, it's really big so last big. week uh, we wanted to know it's what was your what was your favorite ever scene uh from a steven spielberg film um i think paul you went for temple of doom the silhouette when indy's about to kick ass of course rory uh the opening attack scene from war of the world amazing i actually went back and watched that just it's after good, you talk. it's it? very very good the delight in the church and stuff definitely yeah. actually because that reminded me spielberg anytime he has torches the way he does lights he is tor- a torch master torch master yeah and uh and i went for 
for clever girl in Jurassic Park. Um, thanks to everybody who got in touch. Uh, so many moments to choose from um, out of Spielberg's back catalogue. Um, there was Quint's speech from Jaws. That was a favourite for a lot of people. Uh, the end of E.T. Uh, Neil Cotter went for the bikes flying in E.T. Very magical. A lot of love for Saving Private Ryan, which is unsurprising. It's yeah. all about Wexford, isn't it? It is. Uh, Dermot Ryan, we don't know whether he is from Wexford or not, but he said, uh, whenever the camera zooms in on Tom Hanks after the beach landing victory and he's surveying the massive human devastation, it's a huge moment. Uh, that is amazing. Of course, Tom Hanks just incredible in that film as well. Owen O'Neill also went for Saving Private Ryan, a quieter moment. He said, the moment when Giovanni Ribisi talks in the church, very simple, very poignant, always gives me chills. And Matt Lean went for the one I was moved by the most was um, was the ending of Schindler's List, which was actually our recommendation to watch at home last week. He said, Oscar Schindler standing amongst the people he had saved from the gas chambers on the night of German Armenies, uh, Germany, Germany Armenies, uh, <laughs> surrendered. Uh, and the survivors, they give him a gold ring and he breaks down, uh, thinking that he could have saved more people. And that's mm. an amazing scene, uh, obviously with Liam Neeson. Um, but this week's question, um, not Spielberg related for no, once. But it, it does tie in nicely to... To this week's releases, yeah. of course. Uh, with the release of A Quiet Place, uh, which looks not just terrifying, but terrifyingly brilliant. Uh, I wanted to know, Rory and Paul, or Corey and Maul, whoever, <laughs> whoever you are, which film scene scared you as a child and still does to this day? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a scary film, because uh, <laughs> I got scared by quite a lot when I was a kid. Mm. But uh, Rory, what did, what did you go for? I went with uh, Watership Down. The, oh, the, yeah. The first kind of proper attack with where like there's a crazy looking r- like rabbit hulking beast thing and it like chews the ears off one oh of the God. other rabbits. I just I, that like I don't think I can watch that still today. I just there's something really <laughs> upsetting about how it's even animated and uh, those poor rabbits. It is a strange kind of animation, all right. I don't understand why anyone thinks it's for kids or for families or for the public. It's that old cliche of like, well, someone's like, well, it's a cartoon, so it must be for children. Not no, this one. No, no, not no, no, this no. one. It's, it's up there with like uh, Akira. I'm not sure who, <laughs> who this is for. Is it being remade with John Boyega? It's coming out on Netflix to see this year. Watership Down. Is someone going to eat John Boyega's ear? <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> leave John Boyega alone. <laughs> As for me, this is actually kind of interesting because I was raised as a kid. I had such a macabre taste. You were raised as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're very fortunate. Stop showing off, Paul, will you? I was basically raised on, like, horror films. So I loved... Al Gore and stuff and one of my earliest memories I remember going to Al Gore Gore. Al Gore Gore, not Al Gore Gore. (laughs) I remember going to see in Universal Studios how all the effects are made and I was fascinated by it so I was always very aware that okay this is real this is real how the blood's made I loved all that stuff so like my first thing I remember watching was like Terminator 2 and the knife goes through the head and I thought that's cool but the one thing that always gets me is The Witches Angelica Houston's Transformation yes it's like a kids film it's a Rodale book but Jesus Christ I think Stan Winston did the effects and just like American Werewolf in Paris it's just so real and like the prosthetics just melt off her face and you see her true form uh, that really traumatised me uh, and oddly I had to go for a second show it would probably be Prince of Thieves The Witch <gasps> Is that allowed? Is no. that a, No it's not No, <laughs> but, no the, witch, which, oh, the Witch Oh The Witch in, in, in Prince of Thieves Yeah Which with uh, with his mammy with, with the sheriff's mammy Oh yeah yeah with the the, paint, the painted man Morgan Freeman yeah, comes yeah. through with the knife and uh, the glass eye Oh it's horrific I actually forgot about uh, that scene from The Witches because the book is terrifying in itself but uh, yeah no that transformation scene um, I went for I know I said there was no real Spielberg connection but yes it is a Steven Spielberg film I'm sorry uh, it was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade 
and whenever they, you know, they're obviously searching for the Holy Grail. And Alison Doody, uh, son of Aaron, um, <laughs> she she plays uh, the Nazi doctor in it, and she's there with Indy as well, and of course uh, the evil Nazi bad guy. And they they choose. But the thing that really scared me was whenever they find the old knight who is guarding. Uh, the kind of the chamber or the tomb and I was just and all it is because you're, you're talking about the prosthetics in that scene all it is he's just a really old man and I find that <laughs> really really scared and I used to run out of the room whenever that scene was on so uh, age the process of age <laughs> just getting old dying all of that kind of stuff uh, okay. was terrifying now it was coupled with the fact whenever they, they do drink out of the chalice and it doesn't go quite according to plan so, for the so you were grand with the, the decapitation that came before that, was that fine. The, 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 yeah. the falling floor and I the leap of fate just in Old man. Yeah, just a, just a really, really old man. Interesting. Um, but no, that, that scene still to this day, because uh, I love that film, and it gets to that point, and I'm like, I might just go behind the scenes. And had you for a seen while. the two previous ones? I'd seen the previous ones as previously well. Yeah. To that <laughs> previously, one. yeah. So even uh-huh. like the opening of the arc and their faces melting. All of that, yeah, totally yeah. Totally fine. Just yeah. an old person. <laughs> just an old person. Oh, yeah, may I add? You chose wisely. Oh, film reference. There, you there go. it is. As we said, unashamedly crowbarred in. Yep. Um, now, we want to say congratulations to everyone who correctly guessed last week's high clue, uh, which was Watchmen. Uh, the clue was 300 plus one. New York Doctor Gets the Blues. It's graphic on screen. Uh, the solution to that was 300 plus one. It was Zack Snyder's uh, film that he made after he made 300. The New York Doctor Gets the Blues. That was Dr. Manhattan in the film. And of course, he turns blue. Uh, and also, he's really sad in that film. Yeah. He's really really down in the dumps uh, and it, it's graphic on screen it is a graphic novel adapted for the big screen and uh, the violence is pretty pretty graphic yeah. um, but this week Rory uh, mm. to give the readers or give the listeners and Paul and myself a reminder of how the high clue actually works you've got an example one right here yes I'm so ready for this Are you? I, uh, I've been stewing all week like looking at every film here we go here <laughs> every we go. film Bring ever every film and then try to put yourself in my mind to see if Pretty I can break much, it down yeah. to 575 it's a dark, dark place do you need a pen I'm going to guess it you're going to guess <laughs> yeah, it that's up my head penless alright then alright then okay okay ready 100% player one subconscious onion oh god <laughs> <laughs> subconscious onion yeah Corn holder is planting seeds. Corn holder is planting seeds. Is it still spinning? Oh, oh got okay. it. Got it. Okay. Okay. I have this. I didn't even need, you needed a pen. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. So, oh, now I can't read my, my own writing. Subconscious onion. Subconscious onion. Corn holder is planting seeds. Is it still spinning? Well, the syllables check out. Hooray! Someone's got themselves a brand new syllable I like counter. that it took you two attempts to spell it. No, yes. okay. <laughs> no I thought about it. It was his other sci-fi film, okay, so I went so back to the first I'm, th- I'm thinking the, the, the line that appears to have uh, given it away to myself and Paul is it is it still spinning? Yeah. So are we going to guess this after yeah. three? I'm trying to figure out the other ones first. So subconscious onion... Uh, oh, oh! I know it. Yeah. Layers, yeah. layers. Yeah. Okay, so okay. Conscious. Yeah, okay. The onions. I like that. That's good. Mm. Uh, corn holder is planting seeds when you plant it. Corn holder, corn holder. That is cob. 
Cobb. Excellent. That's genius. And the last line is it's still spinning. That's his little uh, what do you totem. call it? Totem. That's it. Uh, and is the it film his is, though, or is it? <gasps> and the film is Showgirls. Showgirls again, as yes. always. Inception. Inception. Yes. That's a really good. Oh, I like Cornholder. Where That's do we good. fall on that whole? Is it his totem, or is it? Um, he said it was hers. Marion Cotillard. He said it was hers. Did he know the weight though? <laughs> to get him back to reality. No, 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 no. We're going to do one complete big review episode just talking about the end of Inception someday. But uh, yeah, basically, it's a film riddle, uh, syllables 575, and the three lines are a clue uh, for the name of the film. So that one, Inception. I like that. When I had to, after the last two, when you were very upset with me, <laughs> it, was, it was a mixture of anger and upsetness. But uh, no, we're over that now. It's fine. Because, I have to, because I, you got one. <laughs> because we finally got one, <laughs> and after Isle of Dogs, actually the high clue popped up. I was thinking that's not a, that's not that's not our, the way we do high clues. Oh yeah. yeah, no, it's not proper high clues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't. Okay, so we'll be getting to Isle of Dogs later, and we do have Brian Cranston coming up on the show, and it is in our top ten uh, films this week. Now, would you would you like to would you like to come with me? Would you like to do you want to come with me? Where do you have do you to? Come? Yeah, let's go. What's wrong with that? I'm never going to it's, like it's like a segue into a horror. That is supposed to be the most wonderful, happy, uplifting music it, of all time. It's really creepy for that's some not, reason. That's not, that's not Toto Africa. It's not Toto Africa. That is a, not. a different song. So the top ten films uh, in the Irish box office this week, and I don't know if this was an April Fool's or what the crack was, but this uh, is the bad news. This is the this is the bad <laughs> news. It's not safe to go back in the cinema because in at number ten, the greatest showman has returned. He really uh, is great. We th- we thought it was gone but it is back in the top 10 do you, uh, <laughs> do you know why I'm kind of okay with it why because you know what it's probably oh, replaced it's probably replaced Demo and Ivor the movie yes. so Rory you're in a happy place now. happier uh, number 9 this week is Tomb Raider which had a massive drop it was number 3 last week all the way down to number 9 number 8 is A Wrinkle in Time which were you not recommend let us never all. see that again <laughs> hey let us <laughs> joke um, number 7 Pacific Rim Uprising which was actually uh, I thought it was a bad film until I went to see Tomb Raider as well and it's it's only a slightly bad film but oh. still Pacific Rim I still think is the is the uh, the one to beat number 6 Black Panther also dropping down and now we've got 4 brand new uh, releases Easter in the cinema this week and it is the fault of Easter and Jesus Christ uh, he rose on the third day to go to the cinema to see Duck Duck Goose in at number five uh, what is it? <laughs> Duck I've Duck Goose is uh, it's an animated film joint venture between America and China so they're obviously finally uh, they put all that trouble behind them yeah supposedly Duck Duck Goose is a kids game as well but I've never heard of it yeah it's oh, like you it's run like around you're like tag, duck, isn't it? Yeah. duck duck and then you <laughs> hit the somebody you're like you're the goose and then they have to catch you before you sit down right I don't think it's a full film of that but it's obviously <laughs> <laughs> according to the official blurb it's about like some kind of bachelor goose who gets landed with ah, other yes, kid those yeah. handsome bachelor goose <laughs> definitely now it's an animated film I don't know if, if uh, people fell into the Watership Down kind of uh, trap of like <laughs> let's take the kids to see it but obviously loads of people went to see it over Easter yeah number four though this week is I Love Dogs Paul you caught up with this over the weekend yeah Wes Anderson's new film and just like his live action ones extremely quirky uh, a lot of his regular players are back you've got Jason Schwartzman but uh, new additions got Scarlett Johansson uh, voicing the dog basically a bunch of dogs exiled from Japan live in a colony on an island and it's really really good really funny uh, so it's probably the opposite of Duck Duck Goose if kid families are going to go see it but highly recommend it now Rory you were saying this is actually your favourite Wes Anderson yep. film now yep. which was a pretty massive statement yeah Paul give it to me 
Oh, because of it? Yeah. I liked it, but I wouldn't put it up ahead of like Rushmore or even the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Paul? Rory, are you going to <laughs> are you going to fight over this? Or? Yes. No, because like I'm right. So. Okay. Oh well, there you go. Well, okay. Okay. Right. I don't well we're all entitled to opinions. Facts, He's like, wrong. But you know, we're just going to shed over each other. No. I okay. Who gets the final word? I do. You're wrong. Me. Number three is Blockers, uh, as we said, starring the wonderfully big John Cena, who will be coming up later on in the show. Uh, Roy, you're a fan of this one. <laughs> Roy. Yes, it's my favourite John Cena movie I've ever seen. Fair enough. <laughs> is this the way it works? Whatever the last film is you see from the people, it's automatically your favourite now. Yeah, because I remember it better. But this one is surpri- <laughs> surprisingly funny. No, this one is, is really, really funny. Uh, it's up there with Game Night for uh, Comedies of the Year. And again, ignore the trailer because it's one of the worst trailers I've ever seen <laughs> okay. for a film that ended up being really good. Can I ask about the name of the film? What is the official name? Blockers. It is Blockers. Yeah. So every time the picture, the poster, you see it written down, they'll often have the, uh, um, like say a, a cockerel. A co- okay, yeah. Yeah, a, a male The official title is not Cockerel Blocker. Cockerel Blocker. Or uh, no, I think that's just for people who maybe don't... Um, have the IQ to figure that out on their own. Okay. That they're okay. blocking cockerels. Gotcha. Because their kids are basically uh, trying to lose their virginity on prom night mm. and the parents want to put a stop to that there. Essentially. Okay. But the official name is Blockers. Blockers, not Cockerel Blockerel. Absolutely not. Okay. Uh, in at number two, our other new entry this week is Ready Player One. Uh, myself and Paul went to see this, not together, but I think we're both. Um, and again, I know it's Spielberg and it's not just automatically falling over them, but I loved this film I like I hadn't read the book I know Rory you'd, you'd read the book before is it your so favourite Spielberg film of all time I think so <laughs> it is not <laughs> which, which one did I see last um, like without having only seen the trailer uh, and getting oh, okay so there's loads of pop culture references but not really knowing the entire setup or the type of uh, adventures that they go on I was completely swept up in it like and sat through the whole thing with a big goofy smile on my face um, unbelievable cast I didn't even realise like clearly something is going on between Steven Spielberg and Mark Rylance because they've worked on Bridge of Spies and BFG together and now this as well but a completely unknown for me anyway side to Mark Rylance uh, was just how goddamn funny he was in this film he plays kind of a the founder or the creator of this world the oasis this virtual reality place where people uh, can go to kind of lose themselves and go on this big epic mission to find uh, a hidden easter egg and uh, yeah he pops up in these various kind of flashbacks and old scenes and he's just I I couldn't stop laughing at him throughout the film there's lovely as we said the pop culture references lovely musical references and stuff as well um, to different films like Back to the Future and I now get from uh, Roy your interview with um, um, Lena? Yes. Yes, and she gets spoiled rotten. There's just an incredible middle sequence in the film, which I don't want to spoil, um, that just completely caught me off guard. Yeah. And I just fell in love with the entire thing. So you, you do have to go and see it uh, to, to, to know what we're talking about, but it is so, so worth it. And Paul, you, you got a chance to see yeah, it. Yeah, I'd 100% agree with what you said. Like from the moment I heard Van Halen at the intro, I, was like, yeah. I had a smile on my face. Uh, Rylance really reminded me of Garth from Wayne's World. Kind of had that goofy, yeah. affable <laughs> charm about him. For my money, it's Spielberg's best since the double whammy of Minority Reports, Catch Me If Can, No 2, which is saying a bit, because he did go, we mentioned last week, through that kind of dark phase. But this is just, I can't think of a director who could probably do this. Um, 
again, I was worried that all the pop culture Easter eggs would kind of consume the story and that would be kind of all style and very little substance. But um, Ty Sheridan is excellent. Yeah. Even outside of the, the Avatar world, he, he really holds the film. And um, like even the, like you could spend hours just talking about the little Easter eggs, but just as pure entertainment, it's like just getting a bag of Skittles and it's just a sugar <laughs> rush of pure joy and I loved it from first frame to last yeah you mentioned uh, that Spielberg double bill um, of Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can and there was a lot of talk this week of uh, whenever and we mentioned it last week as well actually whenever he did Jurassic Park and Schindler's List back to back and now he's done The Post and Ready Player One two completely yeah. different films mm-hmm. um, and we said you know uh, The Post fans of it but uh, I didn't fall in love with it but but this one um, I, I can't wait to see it again because I'm sure it's the kind of film that just rewards you on Mm. repeat viewings as well but uh, God I love Steven Spielberg so much (laughs) (laughs) that's in at number two did I tell you I met him oh you did actually we haven't heard your Steven Spielberg story this week yet and we're not going to move quickly on (laughs) number one still at number one uh, it's pure acting the greatest showman it's Peter Rabbit is still there so not even uh, Spielberg John Cena Brian Cranston all those guys Duck Duck Goose none of them could topple uh, animated Peter Rabbit uh, James Corden is staying strong there at number one now but Rory you said it was Easter Easter (laughs) and the Easter and the kids are off and they'll be back to school soon I don't know how long kids are off for. <laughs> <laughs> children, children, if you're listening, tell us how long you're off for. Stop going to see Peter Rabbit. But we we like to see Donald Gleeson with a hit, and it will probably hurt, won't hurt, harm his bank going forward if he wants to say he can I'm hold the temple. Sh- I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> he'll be grand. Now, uh, it's time for our big interview on the big review ski. Again, it sounds like we've got some kind yeah, of big theme tune there. No. I think we're just going to have to get some. Do you of, actually have pause a, for music written here now? I should have written that down. The big interview and the big review ski. We actually have two this week. The as we said, we have the big interviews on the big review ski. We have Brian Cranston, uh, star of Isle of Dogs, one of the voice stars, and Rory. This man, a lot of people, he's severely man-crushable. Mm. Uh, I think it's hard to find someone who is not uh, a fan of Brian Cranston. And if they, if they are, you assume there's something wrong with them. <laughs> yes, of Brian. course. Definitely. Uh, yeah, like, from the from the back-to-back of Malcolm in the Middle to Breaking Bad, you're like, oh, he can do anything. And literally every interview you see him do is hilarious, or he'll do something virally, like that time he kind of badmouthed some fan's mother and then oh, yeah. mic oh, drops that was amazing yeah. like, the mic drop bow down to Brian because he's got this and uh, he, yeah he's just he he is fantastic as a voice actor as well in Isle of Dogs and apparently he wants to work with Wes Anderson again um, and he was just a very very amiable and very forth, forthcoming gentleman to chat to yeah he does have an incredible voice the first incredible voice you'll hear is, uh, is Rory Cashins oh. and uh, the second Voices, oh. Brian Cranston. Sorry, <laughs> here they are. Congratulations on the movie, first of all. Thank you. Um, there's a thing about Wes um, Anderson where actors who work with him end up working with him a lot. Like they keep coming back more and more and more. That's the plan. Yes. What is it about Wes that keeps bringing actors, or, or maybe yourself, who'd be like, yes, I'm absolutely up for whatever you're doing next? Uh, two things. First, he's a brilliant auteur. He writes and directs with such deftness and and a plum that he he carves out um, a, a sensibility that is both odd and sweet and and relatable. Uh, a lot of his films have to do with 
finding your identity. Where do you belong in society? Sometimes there are outcasts. And, and I think from time to time, people have always felt that they're on the outside looking in. And a lot of his films discuss that and embrace that kind of realm. Uh, secondly, it's who the man is. He's a, a, a sweet, um, giving, very collegial uh, guy who, who, who loves to um, cooperate and, and bring people in to, to collaborate on, on the storytelling. He doesn't, he's not dictatorial at all. He doesn't say, it's, that's exactly what we're doing. I don't want to hear anything else. It's, you know, he's, he's very warm and, and open to it. So he's easy to be with and you want to work for him. The, the film itself was, uh, was absolutely, absolutely loved it, but it's so weird and off the back of its <laughs> off the back of its weirdness uh, in Ireland we had a dog friendly screening where people brought their dogs to the cinema to see Isle of Dogs good I was curious would you bring a dog to see Isle of Dogs because it seems almost traumatic for a dog to see what's happening on the screen to some of the other dogs well I would wonder I, I would be curious to find out if the dogs at the cinema were actually uh, paying attention to, the, or are they just playing or what? Um, but you, we often wonder that, and that's part of the reason that it's it was done in animation and not in in live action, um, because we have a, a a way of transferring human emotions onto our pets. We talk to them, we look, and they're looking at us, and we're wondering how much do they really understand, and 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 we also transfer our emotions onto them. And so they're they're perfect companions. Uh, dogs are loyal and lovable, and they want to play. And and they're you know they're they're just great, great beings. I absolutely agree. It's oftentimes better than human beings. I absolutely agree with that bit too as well. Yeah. Uh, the film has come under a little bit of controversy and scrutiny. Uh, has it really? A little bit uh, in, in the last uh, few weeks or the last few days even. And I've noticed there seems to be a bit of a trend with films that are doing really well and are being are, are quite popular, like Three Billboards or even Call Me By Your Name, where there's a, a negative reaction, like a, quite a controversial reaction to it. Do you think... Maybe we're just getting a bit too easy to to be controversial about. Like, is it, can you just sit back and go, it's it's it is just the film? Uh, well, certainly, I don't even know what the controversy is. Oh, I'm I don't do social media really. I I send out messages and sure. uh, inspirational and hopefully you know things, but I don't I don't go down the rabbit hole of. of well, you'll never come out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. Um, so. I I don't know. Is it about? Uh, I think it's to do with Japanese culture. Um, how Wes well, may be homaging it, but may also be uh, making making fun of it, hmm. depending on where people land on their opinion. I guess I don't I don't know. I mean, it was definitely an homage to uh, to the filmmakers of of Japanese cinema uh-huh. uh, that Wes Anderson so greatly. Ad- admires and was influenced by Kurosawa being one. Um, and that's what we, we were told four years ago when, when the journey was starting on this. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm not sure what the controversy would be. You've, you mentioned visiting Ireland. Yes. Uh, um, was, do you have a f- favorite particular memory of... Because I know you obviously didn't find your roots <laughs> looking at the wrong end of the country, but do you have a particular memory when you were in Ireland gone, I must come back? 
Oh, I have to come back anyway. My people are from Armagh, and uh, I've never been to Armagh. Uh, I've been to the South. And um, so uh, I think, you know, a typical great experience in Ireland, O'Connell's Pub in Doolin. Oh, that's a shout-out. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, we were we were advised to go there, and we went there on a Sunday, and the locals are coming. I, I kid you not. After I ordered some Guinness and I had a little stew, within my wife says it was within twenty minutes there was a child, a baby, on my lap, <laughs> on my lap, and I was just bouncing with it because his father was in was playing the skins and sure. and they're, they're, the band was forming locally and I guess I looked a little bit like his father and he just came up and I went okay that's I'll and that. and the mother is looking over and it's like oh okay <laughs> and it was like there's such it was so trusting and so familial it was an experience that we don't have in the states very much it's it's there's an openness to it there's a lovingness and a trust and uh, so that was a, a, a very emotional experience to me. Uh, and my daughter and, and my wife who were with us, and we were looking at each other like, this is grand. This is just great. Well, you got the ultimate Irish experience. You got Guinness stew, and you got uh, Stranger's Baby to look That's after right. for the afternoon. Fortunately, I didn't have to change the baby. That is a plus. That's the plus. Thank you for yes. that. Thank you for that. Brian, thank you so much. Thanks very much. Wherever he is, if he's alive... We'll find your dog. Ah! It's going to be a fight. I wish somebody spoke his language. Wow is right, Brian Cranston. He's a great voice. His voice is incredible. And was that that's Jeff Goldblum in the uh, in the trailer as the well? Uh, speaks uh, <laughs> speaks language. language. Yeah, 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 exactly. A lot of dogs in that trailer. Mm. A lot of Japanese as well, but yep. still worth going to see. It's fine, even if you don't speak Japanese. Or dog, because or dog. English, so it helps. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, that story that Brian Cranston told about, uh, as you said, the perfect Irish experience of Guinness stew. And a stranger's baby in the mm. bar. That's incredible. Imagine being in the bar when that happened and Brian Cranston walks in. See, I, I wonder now because would he would he be just one of those people who like if you put a paddy cap on him, would you just even notice him? Would he just kind of just <laughs> disappear into the background of an Irish pub down in Doolin and you'd be like, That guy kinda looks like someone I think I know. But I'll not bother him. But No, here, he's ho- got he's got his baby to look at. But here hold, hold my baby. Um now, as you said, uh it is a uh, like a voice cast, an incredible voice cast mm. in this film. He obviously <laughs> lends his beautiful dulcet tones to it. Um in terms of what else he was talking about, he did seem a little caught off guard with the controversy surrounding the film. A lot of people have been accusing Wes Anderson of uh, not paying you know, respect to Japanese culture in yeah. the film as well. Um, whereas Cranston kind of came back and said, well, he's paying homage um, to a lot of, of Japanese filmmakers as well. How did you kind of take all that? Well, I like. I guess I was surprised he didn't know anything about it because it, uh, people have been very vocal about it, and it wasn't just social media. It's like large outlets are having people write long reads about it. But um, yeah, like I, I personally didn't. And Paul, I don't know how you felt about. It, I didn't see it as being offensive or um, 
what's the cultural appropriation or anything like that like he was obviously playing paying homage to those kind of movies um, and saying that somebody was saying that it was, it was whitewashing because all the dogs were cast by voice cast by white actors <clears throat> like if they're all speaking English to get to the English speaking audience because that's what the dogs are pretending to be doing like what, like it didn't make any sense anyway um, and then I thought it was actually kind of genius to have the people speaking Japanese not subtitled yeah because you were meant to be literally lost in the translation of what the humans were even talking about. So it's a very uh, kind of, <laughs> it's a decision that Wes Anderson has made on purpose. He's yeah. thought this through and this is exactly what he wants from the film. That's what, that's what I figured from it anyway. Like I can, I can't put myself in, into, into the mental place where someone watching that would be thinking, oh, he's making fun of Japanese culture. Like it does just seem to me to be like he's paying like really fun levels of respect to it. So, and Brian obviously feels the same way. Myself and Brian, we agree. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you, your friend Brian, and yep. friend Steven Spielberg as well. As we know, Rory, you absolutely loved it. Uh, Paul, not as big a fan as it. You still really liked it. And the two of you are going to fight to the death in the playground after after the show? I'm going to go full watership down on him. Okay. Watch okay. your ears. Oh, <gasps> that actually came out all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Lordy, I was I gonna told say you. we're gonna have like a dog scrap like they have in the film, you know, yeah. and they just like that's Now let's move things. on. I warned yeah. at the start of the show that the dirty dozen will be coming out. That was the dirty bit of the show. Cheap joke. I, I apologize. So uh our other big guest this week, uh both incredibly physically imposing, is is he an ex wrestler? Is he still wrestling? He's still wrestling. He's still wow. wrestling. John Cena, um clearly trying to be the second hardest working man uh in Hollywood after The Rock. Um he sat down with uh Denise Curtin from her daddy, who had the pleasure of of meeting John Cena to discuss his brand new comedy, Blockers, uh, which we're fans of here on the show. And uh again, just the these guys just an incredible gentleman, very friendly. Uh, here's how Denise got on with John and uh, a little clip of the film afterwards. Firstly, I must say congratulations on the film. I honestly laughed, I'd say, from the very beginning to the oh, end. You. When you first read the script, what was the hook moment or when you decided, like, yes, I need to do this film? It's a great ride and a great story about a great subject. Uh, I didn't even think, like, oh, this is a new take on that. Or, like, finally, this film being told from a female perspective, which now, having seen it, like, Finally, this film being told from a female perspective. I just read it and was attracted to the relationships, the fact that it's the struggle between, you know, young women or, or young people trying to figure their life out and the parents trying to tell them, you're doing it all wrong. But as a parent, you can't do that. Kids have to become adults through this process. And you're quite a softie in the film. Do you find it's quite difficult to come across emotional and endearing compared to maybe one of your more tough guy roles? No, I... I I've, I find it's it's difficult to come across bulletproof because okay. I'm not I'm not invincible I'm not bulletproof I have more swings and misses than I do hits so I've been through more embarrassment in my life than I have you know riding high on a wave of intensity so a lot of times it's more difficult for me to channel that kick-ass uh, dirty Harry type. <sighs> you know, uh, action hero guy. Mm. And are you quite a softy in real life? I get the feeling that you are. No, I, I am. And, you know, I'm, I'm very open and honest about things, you know, uh, about I know my relationship is on a public platform. I try to be open and honest about that. And I'm not afraid to say that I'm in love. And I'm not afraid to say that, uh, you know, I work every day on being in love. And, and I, I, to me, that makes me confident as a man. And everyone's definition of who they are and, and what defines them is 
is their own. And for me, that's, that's helped me in life so, so much. Now, I'm really changing from one thing to another, but we need to talk about the butt chug. Basically, you chug beer with your ass. Yeah. Like, what was that like to film? Uh, I think it plays out exactly how it was on screen. It was uh, it's certainly a defining moment. that will I'll be forever attached to that in, in storytelling through the camera. So... Uh, at least I'm attached through something. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm the ass drug guy. Now, we were just saying there a minute ago, like, the men in this film come across very sensitive, and then you have the young teenage girls coming across so liberal and free yeah. talking about sex, and it's quite refreshing because a lot of comedies don't do that. Do you think that this is really important for the film? I do because it's obvious that they're, that females have a powerful voice. I just think so long we've, we've never addressed it. So I'm I'm all for advocacy of tackling subject matter from from that perspective. I, I love the fact that these young women are in charge of their own journey and they're open to talk about it on their own terms and and open to talk about it with their friends and some very difficult subject matter. I think the movie does wonderful in addressing all that and does it in the right way. I want to go to prom and lose my goddamn virginity. <laughs> prom night. It's kind of perfect. I'm in. Julie left her laptop open. You guys are snooping on our kids? All emojis have a secret meaning. Oh! Eggplants are dicks. This is some kind of a dick-related agreement. Maybe they're just saying, hey, you're okay with me. You're okay with me. I mean, maybe. What? Our girls are not thinking things through. I'm going to stop them. I'm in. I would do what a tune and what a man John Cena starring alongside Leslie Mann she doesn't get enough credit just for being like one of the funniest like actors around at the minute as well or yeah, for she, years she is quite quite underappreciated but I would like to draw attention to the butt chugging <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering whether this was going to come up or not because Denise uh, <laughs> she asks him and rightly so it's in the trailer as well uh, he has this scene where what they're at like a keg party basically mm. and I've always seen this like in, in American high school teen prom film whatever and they're all down in uh, the, the beer from the kegs with the big kind of the siphons and the tubes yep. and all but John Cena decides to do it in a slightly different way yeah he's he's uh, dared to prove that he's not a police officer to uh, but do, do a butt jug competition with a butt jug with a w- w- one of the high schoolers um, and he does and <laughs> uh, apparently he gets you much drunker that way is that true I don't have to answer that <laughs> <laughs> have you any parties coming up None that you're invited to. It's just me, Brian, and Stephen. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, Paul, me and you'll have our own uh, butt chugging party. That's fine. That sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> or maybe not. Sorry, um, but he says he's now going to be destined to be remembered as as that guy who well, did that be, scene in that film. He won't be forgotten. <laughs> in a hurry. Yeah. Okay. And uh, as you said, Paul, he he is still wrestling these days and and finding time to squeeze in. You know these because he's a leading man or more of a lead in this film than he has been in previous films. Uh, well, in previous comedies, yeah, I think he was. We were just talking uh, there a moment ago. Like he he's been the lead in uh, kind of some direct to DVD ish. The Marine and uh, action stuff movies. like that. When WWE launched a few films, he was in. Yeah, ways, uh. but like he is like equal leading with Leslie Mann and Ike Bar- Barkowitz. That's the boy. Yeah. Uh, in this, um, yeah, he's. But he does seem He's like he seems like he's happy to take the Mickey out of like that whole tough guy machismo per, uh, persona he has. Like he got famous on the back of some 
prank call and he went with that and then he also does a lot of good work for charity and stuff so he does seem like a really good egg and uh, I haven't seen it yet but uh, he does seem like he's got some charisma so he might be popping up in a few things I'd say in the future this Duke, may be, Duke Nukem oh Duke Nukem oh, yeah. perfectly cast in that so this might be the episode of The Big Review Ski with the two friendliest guests ever uh, Brian Cranston and John Cena you've got a lot to make up for next week's guests yeah whoever you are we actually do know who we they know are who yeah. <laughs> speaking of next week guests it will be Emily Blunt and John Krasinski stars of A Quiet Place which is out in cinemas this week and uh yeah, before, Paul, you give us your review on it, we've got a little clip here and just something on the premise of the film. Uh, basically, <laughs> A Quiet Place, it's a very... Well, people don't really talk in it. So no. um, trying to find a clip where <laughs> the stars of the film are talking, uh, not so much because this is more about the kind of the sense of fear and the atmosphere and you're not allowed to make noise because if you make a noise, they will haunt you, whatever they are. We'll find out from Paul. But first, a clip from A Quiet Place. clear idea of what's going on there yeah it wasn't a great clip <laughs> doesn't really uh, tells you the story exactly well in that clip <laughs> John, I'm not John, sure John, if well, that was we, a good idea we, we, we could say whatever we wanted in that clip there was a unicorn run there there wasn't uh, John Krasinski uh, Emily Blunt and their family walking along there and one of their children has uh, that little you noise know, it, I feel like it's an audio book now <laughs> yeah, describing exactly. but it has, you can well, just imagine it listening <laughs> well, let me paint you a picture uh, one of those little electronic toys that goes off but but, uh, yeah, Paul, um, what is this film about exactly? Because it was, from the trailers, this was my uh, favourite looking it film was. from 2018. Yeah. Still dying to see it out this week. I will be going to see it. But uh, what did you make of it? You mentioned the premise there in the intro. And after hearing it, it's one of those films you think, oh, my God, that's genius. How come no one's ever done something like this? And I was exactly the same. After such a good year for horror last year, I'm delighted to say that I think this is better than anything that was released last year which is one of the zenith years for horror in recent memory essentially Krasinski's on triple duty here he's writing directing and starring in it him and Emily Blunt are a young married couple who have to look after their their very young family in a world where if you make a noise these terrifying creatures hunt and kill you so parenting's tough this is a parent's <laughs> nightmare amplified what I love about it is the fact that we, you know, we all hate people on their phones. But the fact that no, no, you can't make any noise in this really adds that kind of communal sense that like people shut up, they focus in on it, and by doing that, it just amps the tension up so much more. Uh, I wrote a piece on it and cite that this for me is one of my favorite horrors since the triple whammy of wreck the orphanage in the mist in 07 that's 10 years ago and I stand by it because one it has really good characters you actually are within 10-15 minutes you buy into this world you buy into the characters and you buy into the predicament, predicament without seeing the monster which is huge in horror films you know the whole look but don't show or sorry hint but don't show um, in terms of what it is if you have a soft stomach and you don't like the saw and the gory stuff it's not that type of film this is a film that ratchets tension up to a point that it's unbearably 
you will bite your fingernails your nerves will be shredded but you're still hooked on every scene it's beautiful to look at and even though there is no sound in it they communicate I'm not going to get too much they communicate through sign language because one of the kids is deaf and there is no clunky exposition there's no need to fill in the backstory this is just 100 minutes of pure terror from the first minute to the end I absolutely loved it and special note to Emily Blunt who is actually Krasinski's real life wife in my money she's created one of the finest female characters I've seen in a horror film by the end of it you will leave the cinema and you'll be petrified to even make a noise I cannot recommend I genuinely can't recommend this highly enough for me it, as I said it's the best horror I've seen in 10-11 years Wow. Jeepers. <laughs> I pulled a, a muscle in my neck watching it. <laughs> I was like, is this related to Paul? <laughs> you pulled, an, you pulled a, ne- a neck muscle. Yeah. What, like just because you there's, were... There's a scene in it um, where it was, they kept setting up one teeny problem after another. Uh, and as every problem was being set up, I felt my body get tenser and tenser. And there was one particular point where I'd actually like... I was grimacing so hard waiting for something to happen that like I pulled Holy a, 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 a neck muscle um, and yeah same same as Paul Top was fantastic Blunt is amazing in it and Krasinski is rocking one of the best beards I've seen well, on screen in quite a while and a, a special note to the kid actors as well oh yeah, uh, yeah. One, one, the name escapes me but the, the, the little girl who's kind of the central character it's based around is unbelievably good in it um, you are going to love it if you thought made it your film of the year. I think it actually could end up being the film of the year. No, I absolutely cannot wait to see it, especially no after those uh, physically harming uh, reviews. There, <laughs> so like, look forward to injuring myself at a quiet place. Um, like Emily Blunt, yeah, it's no secret she's an incredible actress. Um, so brilliant to hear that she's uh, kind of got one of those top female horror performances, I as you're saying. Claxton, I'd put her nearly up there with Ripley in terms of strength and kind of ballsiness. I think. I don't know, Ferrari, something you'd see. We know his favourite film is <laughs> Alien. Yes. What, what about uh, Krasinski and his beard? Because obviously people will know him from the American version of The Office. Mm. He's done uh, a few films here and there. Like, you know, he's worked with Michael Bay on 13 Hours. And, you know, he hasn't got a, a really noticeable big screen presence. But now, as you said, doing this triple whammy thing of writing, directing, you know, it's like <laughs> this guy's just unbelievably talented and the beard thing. Yeah, like it's. I'm so happy for him that he his wife is his wife is lovely and like he's really good at everything that he does and his beard is great. <laughs> it sounds like you're really really happy. Really, Are you grimacing again, Roy? My neck hurts. Um, <laughs> no, like he. It's like I don't. It reminded me of Jaws. F- I think it reminded me of Jaws. <laughs> first time it reminded me of like early great Shyamalan, where you're like, oh, oh, right, oh right. dang, like he's got talent. Um, and whereas people were kind of comparing early Shyamalan to like Spielberg stuff there's no one person where I'm like oh yeah that's clearly where he took influence from uh, which is great because it wasn't quite like anything else I'd seen in the cinema it was the quietest cinema screen I'd ever experienced like people stopped breathing just so they weren't adding any noise so some people were f- more physically <laughs> injured than you some people died people, during that. people and it's, died that's good press <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah listen cannot wait to see it uh, our other big review uh, this week it's, it's, a, it's an Irish release it's Michael Inside which is already getting rave reviews because um, it screened at Irish Film Festivals uh, festivals last year and uh, again this is like one of those ones getting five star reviews all around uh, just before we hear Roy's review here's a clip from Michael inside I won't be as bad as you think Michael 
Just keep your head down and you'll be okay. I can't go through it with you. We're not going to have any trouble with you now, are we? Do you want to get that toast, No. Do you? No. If you try and disappear, you want to take it out and wink on its side. The sentence only starts when you're released. Just watch. We'll make it. You'll have to toughen up, Michael. You're not a kid anymore. My God. Yeah, a slightly better clip that time because there were people talking in that one. Vocals. And somebody and somebody playing the piano as well. Really you nice see, you know, in the, the back. The emotion you're supposed to feel for it is sadness. Yes. Right? I can pick up in cue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it stars uh, David Flynn. I apologise if I'm uh, mispronouncing that. He plays a 18-year-old who is caught by the police holding drugs for his best mate and ends up being sent to prison for three months. When he's in there, he's taken under the wing of Mo Dunford, who you might know from Vikings or Patrick's Day, who uh, begins uh, the film kind of like a... Not a father figure, but someone who might look after David while he's while he's inside. But you soon realise he's actually just going to send him on a much worse trajectory, uh, criminal wise, uh, than he would have been on his own. Um, and it's just how someone who could be impressionable if they're put in the wrong circumstances can be made so much worse by the system that's meant to protect them in the first place. Yeah, we mentioned uh, that it did screen last year. I think it was the Galway Film Flat. Yes. And uh, ever since then, the buzz around it from uh, every Irish audience who has had a chance to see it, um, they've just been raving about it. Yeah, like it, it will go down as one of the best Irish films of this generation, I reckon. Um, <laughs> this is quite a week re- for releases in between A Quiet Place and Michael Inside again. Yeah, like it's the performances in it are fantastic. Uh, Frank Berry is the director. He gets... He gets to such a real place with everyone in it. Um, the lead actor, he he does the whole gamut from initially kind of sensitive but pretending to be tough because that's where that's the kind of person he's forced to be, um, depending where he lives, um, to being completely out of, out of his depth once he's in prison to slowly becoming the kind of person who you're like, well, maybe he should be in prison. Uh, and Mo Dunford is just absolutely brilliant. In it, like he he's really building up a bit of a CV for himself, um, and he go, he goes back and forth from a kind of a comforting presence to the most intimidating character you can imagine. Um, it's just everyone everyone in it is brilliant, and you can you can almost see from five minutes in how it's going to end, and you just keep you keep wanting it not to go that way. You're like, come on, come back, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, like it's it's a really tough but brilliant uh, and totally rewarding watch. Did you physically injure yourself this time around? Uh, no. No, I didn't. I, I had to go, like, hug people afterwards because okay. emotionally I felt injured because <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was not in a good place after I, I was in a sad place. Unlike <laughs> being in a sore place after. Or a quiet place. place. Or a quiet place. <laughs> that was my joke I was getting there. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, how impressive the cast are. And David Flynn, I don't think I've seen him in any other kind of no. uh, big screen performances uh, before. But even from looking at the teaser trailer and the full trailer for this, he seems so young and vulnerable and innocent and the moment you see him in that trailer getting put into the cell in jail you're just like oh god the poor wee lad but yeah. um, but he, he carries the part well yes he's fantastic it reminded me of Mo Dunford back in Patrick's Day oh, right. like, oh I have never seen this person before who's this 
and then by the end of it, you're like oh they're going to be huge and they deserve to be because they're clearly capable of such an amazing performance like this so once killing uh, Murphy's cheekbones decide to retire from acting the younger mm. generation uh, coming through are still very impressive We're, we've, we've got we've got some stuff to look forward to peeps we've got some good actors on the horizon so hooray definitely so um, that'll be an amazing double bill <laughs> this weekend you'll be physically injured you'll be hugging people you'll be an emotional wreck but do go and see A Quiet Place and Michael Inside both released this week in Irish cinemas now if you can't make it to the cinema or you're too scared to go b- and be emotionally broken there um, <laughs> that's fine just be emotionally broken at home instead and Paul like me every day <laughs> every single day Paul <laughs> you've picked out uh, a recommendation for people to watch at home this week from a very powerful watch which sounds like Michael Inside I'm opting for something that's a very pertinent watch for Ooh. modern day which is Dan Gilroy's superb drama Nightcrawler which is added to Netflix in it if you've seen it it's oddly oddly accurate in terms of how media and how the world is going Jake Gyllenhaal if, in my money gives his best performance he plays Lou Bloom who's this uh, shady con man who's looking for a quick book he stumbles across a car accident in LA um, happens to have a camera takes the footage and sells it to a local news report, uh, news station where Rene Russo is the editor in charge he f- and he finds he, I can get paid for this basically what follows is just a descent where his morality ethics uh, decency is just thrown out the window basically becomes a vulture preying on horrific stuff that happens in LA but what happens when money and greed clouds basically your human decency it's a brilliant drama and I think it'll be aged in the way that kind of Sydney Lumet's network did it's unbelievably smart in terms of how it views the media and how you consume media and Gyllenhaal is so creepy in this role that you'll feel like you need a shower and a steel Brillo pad to get him off your skin. He's brilliant. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's a very disgusting human in this film, all right? Yeah. Um, brilliant supporting cast as well. You mentioned Rani Russo there and, uh, as well. Riz Ahmed. And Riz Ahmed as well. Bill. Bill Paxton, Paxton, isn't it? Yeah, one of his last it's, roles. It's, Sad. it's um, no, it's a super film and a super recommendation. Nightcrawler will definitely. So that's just been added to Netflix. It has. Yeah. They've, uh, they've updated their library. And, uh, I think over Easter, some great stuff on it. Really, really good stuff. And uh, I think Rory would do. Uh, if you're uh, that's not there, Rory has his weekly roundup of films on the box on Joe. You can check it I out. Do yeah. <laughs> you? Do. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, if you are over on Joe. as we said, we do have possibly the greatest prize of all time. Uh, well, that we've done <laughs> over. over that we've done over 12 episodes yes. anyway listen it counts um, and it was his VIP trip to Italy with thanks to Warner Brothers and Ready Player One uh, to mark the release of the film we want to send you and uh, I don't know a plus one a random or someone who uh, basically maybe you owe them money and you just want to pay them back in some way you can take them to this and give them this prize it's four <laughs> nights how much money um, do you owe? I owe a lot of people a lot of money alright I'm just trying to find other ways I don't have the cash man um, it's four nights uh, away to Luca in northern Italy uh it is a a stunning place and there will be a comics and gaming festival on there we want to give you VIP access to that uh, in order to enter the competition to be in with a chance of winning all you have to do is head over to Joe uh, the competition is up online there and as we said uh, a clue at the start of the uh, of this week's show if you listen to last week's episode the answer is hidden in the first 10-15 minutes there as well so it's a very very easy uh, competition we also have uh, some blockers uh, goodies to give away as well Um, so if you get this week's high clue right um, we will be sending you out some of those as well so um, this week's high clue 
Pens at, Pens at the ready. Pens at the ready. Remember, yep. do not shout it out, Paul and Roy. This is Showgirls. not for you. This is for the listeners. Subconscious onion. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, subconscious onion is such a good title. <laughs> um, so this week's high clue is Top Guns, Top Man Shoots. Consigliere is Crew Chief. Dr. Chase is Chased. I'll go through that again. Top Gun's top man shoots. Consigliere is crew chief. Dr. Chase is chased. Consigliere, uh, an Italian word there, tying in with our uh, our Italian uh, competition. Let me see. Uh, Paul has written down, that's not the title. That's not it, Paul. I'm afraid not. And Rory's got it. Rory's got the right answer. Six so it is get about, now they're glaring at each other six to be you six, <laughs> to, be, <laughs> six to be wrong <laughs> so uh, yeah syllable count top guns top man top shoots top guns five. top man shoots yep consigliere consigliere is crew chief is crew chief alright and Dr. Chase Dr. Chase, Chase. Go is, on. is chased is chased 575 five. we're laughing so uh, do send us your answers you can uh, send that into twitter at big reviewski or on our whatsapp number which yet again I've forgotten and it's grand it's got all the numbers starts always, with no it starts with no and ends in oh what is it ending three a three let's go with the three that's fine so you but figure out the rest if it's right, fate if right. it's meant to be if it's meant it. to be you'll get it right alright uh, so yeah that's pretty much it for this week's show um, looking ahead to next week Rampage uh, the rock's brand new film is going to be released also maybe in the Grade, which is an Irish documentary uh, about musicians in Ireland that looks brilliant. And the stars of A Quiet Place, John Krasinski, hopefully with full beard, and Emily Blunt, presumably beardless, uh, will both be on the show as well. Uh, <laughs> Rory, <laughs> Paul, um, that was, yeah, that wasn't too dirty or angry and a little bit cheap. In we still have some time well. to go. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, no, I'm going to wrap this up before, before, before it I goes too far. Okay, let's happened. finish there. We'll see let's you next Let's talk week. about extreme. Bye. Bye, no, no, don't say that.